0: Welcome to Life is a Metaphor mini podcast where we explore the many metaphors that life has to offer. So I think we may have even done a podcast episode on contrast of colors before and using that as a metaphor. Um, And that is fine. I'm doing it again (laughs) because there's more to say and because it's emphasizable. It's like something that needs repeating. It was still fresh and new to me when I heard some of this stuff because this was actually um, inspired by uh, Mark Manson. Actually, he does... um, He wrote a book, and um, he does a bunch of different writing. He's awesome. You probably have heard of him. If you haven't, look him up. Um, But, yeah, it was his latest book, and it was also inspired by a research study because he was inspired by a research study um, and then wrote about that in the book, and then I've looked up both of them. You know, of course, read about it in his book and looked up the research study, too, um, because it was very interesting. So this is... Re, it's like worth redoing, even you know, because to me it still felt fresh. um, Even though this is like a concept, a metaphor that I'm already on board um, completely for, and think I've already done a podcast on before myself. Um, But so the we're gonna use the metaphor of colors, and it is a metaphor because I think that in art we need contrast you know um with colors in our vision in our biology you know we need contrast um for seeing things properly. And, you know, like I said, in art, there has to be contrast of colors to create certain effects like depth or, um, you know, all all kinds of things. Um, but it's just required. Otherwise, you know, um, no contrast is just like nothing. (laughs) It's a wash and like visual functions don't even happen correctly. Um, And in this study that Mark Manson was citing, they do use colors. They did use colors, blue dots and not blue dots. Um, And then they actually used faces. Um, So what they did was they would show people blue dots and not blue dots. And the not blue dots were still similar to blue. They were like purple and close to blue. Um, But, you know, they would ask people like which ones were the blue, which ones are the not blue. Um, And then they did this with faces, like which faces faces are threatening which faces are not threatening um and they showed i mean to make this short as i can um they showed that even when they pulled out the threatening faces or pulled out the blue dots um and took away the very thing that they were asking for um the people still reported seeing them, you know, they would see a face that wasn't really threatening as a threatening, they would mark it as like, yep, that one's a threatening face. Um, or, you know, yep, that one's a blue dot, even if it wasn't a blue dot. Um, you know, it was off a little purple or something. Um, Because they kind of needed to create the contrast. Now, you know, personally, like, I think there may have been some other variables in the study that participated in having this happen, this effect happen. Um, They, like, showed them a bunch of threatening faces at the beginning. What if they showed them not any threatening faces at the beginning um, or not any blue dots at the beginning? Like, would that have affected it? That's my personal, like, you know, curiosity that I'd like to put out there. But either way, to me, it doesn't... um, matter for this metaphor and for it to be worth talking about it actually matters for the study and like really understanding the you know basis for this behavior but I think that it's just like we do need contrast we need it like I said even we want to use the metaphor like visually I mean there's like all these different things that I've seen online where it's like you know showing you these colors these images that are like is this a white dress or a blue dress or a blue dress with white stripes or silver and gold or, you know, like um, our pink shoe or a blue shoe with what color laces? I don't know. Um... But it's, I mean, I understand that this is a different mechanism at work here about like the way that we process colors, but it does still on some basic level have to do with contrast and how we need things. We need that contrast. We need the yin and the yang. You know, I harp on this all the time. Um, You know, we need contrast in order to see visually and the way that people are seeing the blue dress or the gold dress or whatever um has to do with like the contrast they're perceiving and also other things like honestly i didn't research that well enough before uh doing this to be able to talk about it i know it has to do with like the certain color you know receptors or something in your eyes i i, I did look it up at one point when i did that little exercise online but the bottom line to me was Ultimately, it still did kind of have to do with the fact that, like, yeah, if we don't have enough contrast, our eyes will switch the colors on us. Right. Or different from this other person, um, you know, who sees a different level of contrast and it will will switch some things, you know, but it, it did ultimately come down to some element of contrast as well. Um and that's interesting, you know, uh, that contrast is so very important in the eyes or even just something like pleasurable, like art. I mean, not something that's biological and a mechanism um, of functioning, but even something like an aesthetic that's like, you know, um, something that we enjoy, like artwork or, you know, um, The food, food is another the art of cooking, Uh, you know, contrast is needed. How many times, you know, is it like the flavors come out of your food a lot better if you put in some contrast, you put in some salt or you put in some pepper or you know something like that and all of a sudden you can taste the x y or z that was in your food more and it kind of just tastes like water before but then you know something shifted so like there's so many different ways where we could use this metaphor of contrast and um So, sure, I could say that it's just like I'm advocating that contrast is needed and that the other side of things, the negative side of things, is needed. I'm showing how needed, you know, could be that for sure. And I think that's more the basis of like previous podcasts that I've done. But this one was um, kind of, or the thing that I found um, new and fresh and interesting in the stuff that Mark Manson was presenting um, based on this study was that, like, oh, we'll create it. We will create. Create it and this had more to do with the mind and the way that we perceive things you know it's like if we don't have it in the absence of contrast we'll create it um, in order to get our bearings in order to you know if we're not seeing blue' <laughs> We will have to create blue and see it, you know, to better sort of be able to gauge the not blue, you know, to get our bearings and to be able to feel like we know what not blue is. And to continue answering these questions about which ones are not blue, we're going to have to see some blue, um, even if you're not showing it to us, Um, you know, in order to appreciate And be clear about, be sure of what is not blue. We're going to have to see blue and we'll make it up, Um, you know, if we have to. Like our brain will see that contrast. It will find it. Um, And so, uh, you know, that was the interesting component. That was the thing where it was like, oh, interesting because isn't that, you know, how we do... It's, it's kind of like, look, if your goal is to try to have no problems and to, like, have this life where everything is so easy and whatever, what a silly goal, dude, because it is, like, not just impossible because life doesn't work that way and the universe doesn't work that way, but it's also impossible because you'll never let it happen. <laughs> like, you know, your brain will find some problems in order to even be able to appreciate easy wonderful uh, good life uh kind of you know experiences you have to um see the not good you know you have to almost create that so I mean to phrase it better I guess um in order to be able to appreciate and identify what is good or to even you know like I recognize my life As good Or I recognize These things In my life As good You're gonna have To find problems You've got to Have the contrast So even if You know And of course Mark Manson's work Was kind of like Explaining the Philosophical like You know Society that we Live in And like How is it That people Are still seeing Problems when Everything is Basically so great And you know it's like Even if You get to like Sit and You know Live in a Luxurious uh, Situation That seemingly Has no problem problems, you'll make some you'll find some and I don't mean just like stir up trouble, but like mentally, you know, you'll see blue, (laughs) or you'll see threatening faces, you know, um, this one was probably smarter to use when you know, trying to understand this, but like, you know, even if you're getting shown nothing but non-threatening faces, um, you'll still see threatening faces in there. Um, because in order to define and be sure of what it is to, to have a non-threatening face, you're going to have to create some contrast. And you'll just, like, see some of those faces that are not actually threatening as threatening. Um, because you have to have contrast to be, you know. And so... I, Again, this sort of just re emphasizes this like, we got to embrace that negative stuff. I mean, it's not a bad thing. Um, we need it. And it's the very thing that even allows us to define what is pleasure and what is joy and what is feeling alive is this the other stuff, the problems and the not feeling alive. Like we wouldn't be able to define what is not blue if it weren't for blue, you know? So we wouldn't be able to define what is not a problem. What is wonderful and not a problem? What is something that we find easy and enjoyable? What is not a problem without the problem? Like we all have to see something as a problem. So I mean, Again, like, it may be repeated. It may be something that I drive home all the time. But I just feel like, see, yet again, it's like a science thing. And it's interesting that we'll make it. We'll make it. And so, you know, one of his points... Um, which I definitely think are worth repeating is really good stuff that he, um, is putting forward is just like, okay, so then look, like you're going to have problems. Um, why don't you choose which one? I mean, he kind of puts forward this element of choice, like choosing which problems you're going to care about, um, is your biggest job, you know, because, um, you're going to see some. And yeah, I wouldn't have thought of it that way. I wouldn't have thought of it as like, that's where the power lies as in like choosing which problems um, you're going to care about. But I can see that there is definitely some, you know, some power in that choosing which problems are going to matter to you. Um I would have just seen it more as, like, embrace problems. Stop trying to get everything to nothing but a pleasure zone because you're going to see problems no matter what anywhere. I mean, everywhere. (laughs) Anyway is what I meant. But, um, you know, so um, embrace the ones that are truly showing up, and then you won't have to be making them up, or at least that's what my mind thinks. Like, maybe you will anyway, but I'm like, you know... (laughs) why don't you just embrace the real ones that are actually, you know, and as just, you know, consequences and contrast and um, and then, you know, you don't have to make up any. <laughs> um, and uh, you know what? I mean, like, whoa, this can get really philosophical. Maybe we are making them all up anyway. And so, uh, you know, I don't want to get too far down a rabbit hole, but embracing the problems as contrast. And then, yeah, maybe... Um, picking not just picking your battles I feel like that's kind of a diminutive little statement where it's like pick your battles and it kind of means like swallow a bunch of crap and don't say anything about it because it's not that big of a deal Um, I don't love that Um, but if you are taking this empowerment in the choice of, like, these are the problems that I embrace. Not just, like, which issues am I going to take up and, like, try to be superwoman about. But, like, um, you know, I'm going to see a lot of problems. My brain has that negative bias. Like, I'm going to see a lot of problems for contrast, okay? Because that is what the role that is needed in my brain. Like, I'm going to see a lot of problems. I'm going to embrace a few, that I really feel are worth embracing um, and, you know, work with those, let them be something that I actually focus on, maybe try to solve um, or maybe just like allow myself to be irritated about like whatever, but like maybe not do, you know, all of them because then, um, you know, you're shifting the contrast too back too far back in the other direction like if you are like oh my god problems everywhere and you you know you you saw the problems for contrast so that you could know what not problems are um and you start focusing on too many of the problems well then you know you've lost the contrast the very thing that you needed was the contrast because now you've lost it in the other direction now you're not seeing all the stuff that is not problems, (laughs) all the stuff that is, um, a non-threatening face. Um, and so, yeah, again, for me, it always comes to that balance. That's always this like solid idea. Um, And there's like no, no end to the number of ways that you can say it. And anytime there's something new to kind of slip in another angle, it's like always to me because people need it proven to them. People are so dualistic and they're thinking it's like either one or the other, you know, and they just can't seem to like hold both truths in the same reality, like, you know, at the same time. And it's just so hard. So that's why I said it like repeating it is fine. You know, let's go with it um but yeah so it's like it's contrast it's all contrast um problems contrast with um not problems like that's how you know what is not a problem is when you have a problem sitting there (laughs) and so even if you were to do all this work to try to get you know you're you're only kidding yourself you're creating a false environment and you're going to create like weird like eyes playing tricks on you things. If you like reduce the contrast, um, your eyes aren't going to work well. Let's use that as the metaphor, you know, your uh, your reality, your grip on reality is not going to work well if you reduce the contrast. Um, keep the contrast there. Enjoy it. Uh, you know, Otherwise, your eyes are going to be playing tricks on you or your brain's going to be making stuff up to see contrast where there is none, um, you know, and that gets you disengaged from reality. Stay in reality in the sense that you're you know allowing contrast to exist and letting it be as sharp as it needs to be and appreciating it for that and um I don't know so that's maybe the main thing to me that's different um was just like the emphasis on the contrast which is why this in my mind is all about contrast um because that would be the important point um Letting those things be contrasted and contrast only happens when there's both sides. So going too far in one or the other reduces the contrast and gets you out of balance and out of, I'm saying reality, you know, this is a subjective term anyway. Um, But I guess I mean realness and aliveness in you, you know, sort of like feeling alive, feeling in reality, feeling real, feeling um, aligned with who you are, you know, like it'll get you out of balance with that. um, If you're reducing that contrast, leave it, (laughs) leave the contrast. Um, So, all right, there you go. Thank you so much for listening. I've always loved playing with ideas and deepening in any way that I can. I find it brings connection back. It enlivens you, especially if you're using real play and games to do it. So come and check out all the games and stuff that we've got going on at bringconnectionback.com.